0: Yeah, the world has changed, and people have been making films for more than 100 years. So today we want to combine those two and go over film depictions of painters, painters considered geniuses, whatever that means. We'll start with the film Girl in a Pearl Earring with Colin Firth and Scarlett Johansson about the Dutch painter Vermeer from the 1600s. We'll then jump a hundred or so years later to the English painter J.M.W. Turner, played by Timothy Spall. And we'll complete our journey with the film Pollock, about the American painter Jackson Pollock, starring Ed Harris. So this will be a 400-year-long journey that will show us how the art of painting changed and also how films changed about painters changed as well. Enjoy.
1: I love the smell of red pump in the morning. <laughs> what well, But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Hello, and welcome to As Depicted on Film. All right, but apart from the sanitation, the medicine, education,
0: wine, public order, irrigation, road, the fresh water system, and public health,
1: what of the
0: Romans ever- Hi, everybody. Hello, my friend Rutger. How are you?
2: Hello, my friend Gil. I am glorious. How are you? <laughs> Doing very well.
0: We were just geeking out uh, before the recording about uh, ChatGPT. Oh, you cool. called it a quantum leap, and I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's blew very my cool. mind. Yeah. My
2: next mind. next episodes are just going to be done by ChatGPT. GPT. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now, let, but now we want to go back to a different medium, yeah. not
0: an algorithm that uh, creates uh, text. We want to talk about something you know that has been around for so long, so very mm-hmm. long, and we want to look how it changed through time. We're talking yeah. about painting and painters.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and we want to talk about a specific moment, at least I want to talk about a specific moment where we go from like the golden age, Dutch golden age painting like 300, 400 years ago to the present uh, using three films. So let's set up the films that we have here. Okay, one of them is a
0: quantum leap. If I, you know, piggyback on what we said earlier, the last one is a quantum leap. The first two... Or like maybe a natural uh, evolution. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. There is kind of a, a, there's like a natural progression. Uh, Yeah, anyway, we'll we'll, we'll see what we're talking about. So the uh, first film, uh, just chronologically through the time of these painters, is Girl with a Pearl Earring, which is a romantic costume drama from
0: 2003. It's a... It's a, an Oscar for photography drama. Sure. Devoid yeah. of a story or characters. It's yeah. so weird. Such a yeah. weird movie. Go
2: okay. with a Pearl Earring from 2003 about the painter Vermeer.
0: The second one?
2: The second one is called Mr. Turner, which is a biographical drama from 2014, which is about the uh, painter J.M.W. Turner. Who's, mm-hmm. who lived like about a hundred years later than Vermeer, and that then, was
0: much much better than the sure with the pearl earring.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, the uh, third film is from two thousand, is about Jackson Pollock, which is again like a hundred years later. Now we are in the mid twentieth century. Film from two thousand.
0: Yes. So, like my first initial takeaways. Okay. I'm thinking that these three films basically want to answer two very interesting questions. Mm-hmm. It's like, why did these painters paint the way they did at that time and were so great? What made mm-hmm. them great? What mm-hmm. was the world that made it so? And what were them specifically, individually, that made it so that they were such great painters? Yeah, And I feel that All these movies answer pretty well the first question, like Mm -hmm. what was the world like that produced these specific paintings in these specific styles, changing styles across the generations. But I don't think they answered very well at all the second question. We're going to talk about it when we go through the movies. What's the second question? Say again. What is it about them?
2: But yes, yes, and I think that also says something, because there is a sort of a continuum in this, it says something also how we relate to art and the artist. Like in Girl with a Pearl Earring, it's ostensibly about Vermeer, but in fact... Uh, So Vermeer, uh, played by Colin Firth, is, uh, I I counted, he appears in the movie 15 minutes into the film. Because it's not actually about Vermeer. It's a film about Scarlett Johansson, okay? Okay. Also not Girl with the Pearl (laughs) Earring. It's about, like, at that time, Scarlett Johansson was the it girl. And, you know, she, like, the whole film is about her having, like, the parted lips and the deer in the headlight kind of look. and Good lighting. And the good lighting, and it's it's about so it's about the object, right? The subject for me doesn't really matter. It's the object, mm. Scarlett Johansson. Mm. Mm. It's mm. a pretty 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 girl, pretty painting. And then the second Turner, okay, that's a little already a shift because now it's not just making about making pretty picture of pretty girl. It's also a bit more like, expressive. Like Turner is a bit more about, yeah. well, what does it all mean? Like it's still figurative about the world, but then also what does the world mean? The turmoil of the storms. And yeah. and it's about him as an artist expressing it. So you see him also more busy with the technique where he, like he spits on the canvas and he like put the red yeah. paint on it to make the boy Uh, at the exhibition and like it's more about him trying to express what he sees in the world around him in these romantic uh, paintings with the big skies and the landscapes and then Pollock is totally about him, Pollock, the like the suffering artist who uh, comes up with this new technique of the drip paintings and he's not depicting anything. It's about what's inside him and how that comes out on the canvas. So it really shifts from what we're depicting to what comes from the inside of these right. dudes oh. basically
0: yeah i think this is a very interesting tra- uh, trajectory so let's uh, let's start with the movies okay. let's let's start with a uh, girl with a pearl earring set in the uh, 1600s the netherlands and right around the corner from where you live uh, utrecht yeah delft yes
1: I'm sorry sorry stay Your master is a fine painter. Look at that dress. You can almost stroke the satin. He had a vision. Look at the clouds. What color are they? No one saw as clearly as she. Yellow. Blue. And grey.
2: Delft is uh, the the next town over. I live in Leiden. And um, there, there's the painting Johannes Vermeer who makes his money making pretty paintings for his uh, patrons. And so he makes like little cozy uh, inside scenes. So you see same kind of elements, same rooms in, in multiple of his products, which he sells to one of the rich people in Delft. Sometimes he paints outside and he really works on his technique to make it like almost photorealistic. Um, and he does that with like a lot of layering of different, uh, like tr- semi-translucent kind of paint layers to get the light just right and the colors. And and it's because he makes pretty pictures that people hang on the wall because there's like cute girls on them. Like, that's that's it. That's the entirety of the thing. <laughs> So there's there's something
0: really really interesting about that. So we were together in Delft a couple of years ago when we went to see the the museum, the Vermeer museum, yep. and we also saw a girl with a pearl earring in the Hague museum. Yep, uh, in the last house. Year, uh, yeah. Right? Both incredible and Delft beautiful. So the interesting thing is that when you see those paintings, they are incredible, amazing, moving. Mm-hmm. But if someone would use this exact same technique <laughs> with a chat GPT or something, whatever, or themselves to yeah. create new paintings, modern 21st century uh, paintings using the same technique, it would be lame. Like yeah. the thing, the thing that makes it great is the context yeah. in which it was painted. And then you, if you watch it and you not just like watching a postcard, I don't know you are like immersed in the period you're like, oh, like there's something extra yeah. that, uh, that is added, like there's an added value that jumps out of the, this seemingly simple painting, beautiful painting.
2: Yeah, I agree. Master Van Riefen, your name will surely be famed as one of the great patrons.
0: <laughs> I want
1: something I can rest my eyes on. How
2: hard is it to paint a pretty girl? Can I have her? It also is really subject to fashion. Like right now, we really like Vermeer. It's so much so mm. that people now say, oh, it's uh, the girl with the pearl earring is the Mona Lisa of the North. Mm. First of all, maybe you don't want to be mentioned in the same breath as the Mona Lisa, you know, from our this episode. <laughs> but also like, that just means we, in both of those paintings, we like the same technique now. Like now we like right. that glazing technique where you don't see the brushwork and you, like they both, because the Mona Lisa is also one where you don't see the individual brushstrokes, you see the layering and that's now fashionable.
0: Right, but Vermeer, I learned that he wasn't uh, fashionable
2: when he lived. No, no. He was kind of discovered early 20th century or so. Like, oh, Vermeer is the uh, best thing ever. And now he's, has, he's having his moment <laughs> But okay. that could go away as well.
0: So, what did you get? Uh, what, what was your sense of Vermeer from the movie?
2: It's, well, almost no sense of Vermeer himself. I mean, it, it's played by Colin Firth, who is plays basically like the same English dude as in Bridget what? Jones's Diary.
0: Like, what's Dutch about him?
2: No, yeah, nothing. And I also was very annoyed. Like, first said first words. <laughs> I was noise already because like they both in, in both in turner and in vermeer the first words are dutch uh, i don't know if you noticed that and yeah. in the turner film there's actual dutch people who speak the two women the two farm women right I don't know, right, right
0: right are walking yes 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 I who by the way
2: very that. anachronistic like the rest of the film in turner the english is very like period english uh, the dutch is very like post two thousand Dutch, so it sounds silly. <laughs> but then in the in the Vermeer film, so her name is Griet which is like short for like Margaret, basically. Okay. But then, of course, they say greet because they cannot yeah. say greet. Uh, so, and that's the first word in the film. And I'm like, oh, oh fuck, <laughs> here we go. Greet,
0: Right, greet. That's such a weird, this like greet, no. So why do you- Then so, pick
2: another because it's a, it's a fictional name. Just pick something else that you can pronounce. Okay. There was no greet. Right. It's just a fictional name. Pick another one.
0: That's the fictional name of the girl with the pearl earring.
2: Yeah, yeah. This is she's made up, right? Probably uh, the girl with the pearl earring is a composite of multiple of Vermeer's daughters. Okay. It's all made up. Okay. Like, and other things I also also like you've been to Delft. Delft had a like a big disaster happen to it which made the internal like layout of the city change a little bit because a gunpowder. Storage right. exploded,
0: right? Uh, we saw that in the museum,
2: yeah. But still, like some of the shots inside Delft look like oh, it's the Venice of the north or something, and like that's really overstating it. That, that's not right. it's how it's very,
0: very, very small. Also, it's just
2: very, 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 very small. It's Delft. like if you oh, if yeah, Delft. Like yeah, if yeah.
0: someone has been to Amsterdam, so just like take Amsterdam and just take five percent of it, everything yeah. is. Like diminished by twenty by by ninety five percent. The buildings, everything, the canals, everything, to become small, 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 and you just like walk around it in.
2: I'll say thirty minutes if you are just like strolling leisurely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The canals, like literally, like top athletes could jump across in Delft, <laughs> right? And in yeah, Amsterdam, definitely. impossible. Like that. So that's the scale difference, right? And in the film, it looks much more dramatic. And in a way, that's just like, no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's all a set in Luxembourg, by the way, right? Uh, it's, it's not real. It's like CGI in a set. And that's not really what Delft looks like. Uh, yeah. So
0: this is an opportunity that I didn't think I would have. And I didn't think about uh, about at all. But I'm going to use it anyway, just to empathize with you. So yesterday, last night, I started watching uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the only reason that I'm mentioning it is because it starts in Jerusalem. Oh. Okay, so I'm like watching, okay, let's see what's Jerusalem. And part of it, okay, it's okay, let's say, whatever. And then they leave from Jerusalem to Istanbul and they take a boat. <laughs> they go by sea. But Jerusalem is on a mountain. Yeah, It doesn't have a sea. <laughs> they they shot the, the boat in Acre, Aqu, because that's also oh. an, an old town. I'm watching it, I'm like... What are you
2: doing? So now, I, now I was reminded of that. Well, they they literally placed Jerusalem just on the shore of the Mediterranean for the film. Is that? Yeah, like at the <laughs> beginning, it started at the Wailing
0: Wall, <laughs> awesome. and then they're like, "Let's leave to
2: Istanbul."
0: And the next thing you see is that a, the same-looking town with uh-huh. a beach, and they're not telling you acre or they moved. So you're like, oh, they want us to think that this is the same Jerusalem, because. They were there, they wanted to leave, now they're leaving by boat. There's no boat. So it's as if you would see in Delft like a frigate coming through
2: the canals or something. Right. Yeah, oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the best thing about the film, though, is just the look. The look is um, beautiful. Right. And some of right. the shots, the, you, you can really see they're channeling the light and the composition of Vermeer. Okay, so that's great. The story is just boring and silly and made there up. A story?
0: I didn't understand that there was a story.
2: The, it, it, the story is: look, it's Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> that's the story, <laughs> right? Uh, see that vacant look, and like you kind of know, even though it's like shapeless wear, you know she's kind of hot underneath. And for me, I also think <laughs> she's hot, and that's it.
0: What's up with the Dutch clothes? Please explain to me the things that that the women have on their heads. What how did that come about? What's uh, what's
2: what's up with that? That's so random. I I don't know. Uh also I was wondering about like some of the etiquette is was it really the case and like right, I oh you asking. have to cover your hair or not? Like it's not like a, a Muslim thing or something like oh you have to cover your head. I thought it was just like a Fashion yeah. item, right? So, yeah, yeah, because like a if, if part of the film, she, she's like, "Oh no, I can't show my hair." Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing.
0: And how about like the the different uh, hierarchy, like the hierarchy within the this Dutch society as, it, as it's depicted there?
1: Good morning, madam. Don't speak till you've spoken to oh, you. yes, madam.
0: Like, I would imagine that it would be more uh, folksy and uh, egalitarian than it is depicted. It looks yeah. British.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of more feudal and uh, just ass-kissing uh, up, the, up the hierarchy. Yeah. It, uh, it, I, thanks for noticing that. I also thought <laughs> this, is, this seems more English than Dutch. Yeah.
0: So like like it's really hard to escape your own perspective Like this, it's an English movie like Telling a fictional story in Delft Yeah I didn't learn anything about Vermeer No,
2: nope. nothing
0: I found myself less interested in Vermeer <laughs> After <laughs> watching the movie
2: Yeah
0: <laughs> Okay You want to move on uh, 100
2: sure. years later? Yeah, yeah Exceedingly beautiful I thank
1: you Thank you Mr. Turner My little a drawer I thought he could read and write Is that who? Mega fine subject for you to paint Oh is that so I shall cogitate upon it (coughs) When I experience a masterpiece such as yours I'm struck by the clarity with which you have captured the moment
2: Better film also a bit more about the actual artist so here again I timed it Turner appears after about five minutes, like Vermeer after 15, Mm. Turner five minutes. I guess his most famous painting is starting to become more abstract. It's like a painting of a train coming through the fog. And a lot of it that you see is kind of this creamy sky with different color tones. And he was really famous for these sort of landscapes and very dramatic big skies. Yeah.
0: He's not considered, like, one of the greats, like uh, Vermeer and Pollock, no?
2: Am I right? I guess he's one of the romantic painters, so first half, 19th century. And he's one of the painters who really made landscape paintings, um, like... Ways of expressing romantic feelings. No, no, I like
0: them. I I I really like these paintings, but he's the one out of the three that I didn't that I wouldn't have known about if it weren't for the movie.
2: It's a little more obscure. Yeah, true. And there's also multiple painters called Turner, so it's kind of hard to. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little more confusing. But uh, yeah, but this. uh, No,
0: it was a good film. But what I would do is just like cut the first fifty minutes. Of the movie. It was long. Yeah, yeah. Because the story is about Turner. After he loses his father, that's about like one hour into the movie. Then mm-hmm. he changes. Then he becomes darker. Yeah. Then he goes off the rails a little bit. And then he also becomes more interesting. He looks, it yeah. moves him out of where he was. Yeah. Usually you would do that at the end of the first act. Yeah. And here... Just like having his dad and all, like an entire hour that I didn't understand what I was watching. Like, there were no clues yeah. as to what is the narrative. Yeah. What is this? His dad is like really, really sweet, and Turner is like a curmudgeon. Mm. And, uh, and I guess when his sweet dad dies, then this curmudgeonedness, you know, he has to get out of his comfort zone. So just yeah. like put that at the beginning. No. And then the rest of the movie is a lot more interesting. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Yeah. it just like took a lot of time to you know get into momentum.
2: Yeah, it's uh, that that moment is like the uh, you know the sort of the, the the motoric moment or whatever like like triggers the rest of the character development. And what's interesting is that in *Girl with a Pearl Earring*, that doesn't happen to Vermeer; it happens to Griet. Right at the beginning, her dad dies. Right. and like oh go on my child take this tile with you oh and then of course you all, that's like Chekhov's gun you know the tile is going to break later on and then it breaks to reflect the turmoil when her sexuality yes. is starting to blow oh it's so cliche <laughs> anyway and and so that's her character development the the character development of the object of the painting and right. with the Turner film the subject there's the painter the, the actor the 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 person who produced the painting, that, that becomes interesting and it's about like, his yes, psychological yes. development. Yeah.
0: I, I just wonder if it's a coincidence that all three films about painters, we're going to talk about Pollock later, had structural problem, problems in the narrative. Yeah. Like the the one about Vermeer is just like the narrative. What is the narrative? There's nothing going on. I read the, uh, someone wrote that it was like watching a beautiful uh, Vermeer painting dry. Yeah, it's yeah. exact. Wow, and I thought, yes, perfect. Everything is beautiful. Nothing is happening. What am I watching? What is yeah. going on? Yeah, and here in Mr. Turner, an hour of plateauing to begin the movie. Mm. And Pollock also we're going to talk about I I wonder if if there is something Difficult to crack In these painters because here I'm also Wondering, I was left asking I liked uh, the depiction Of of this painter And I liked a lot of things in the movie But I don't think that I know why You know Turner was the way he was Why was he even a curmudgeon with such Mm. a sweet dad (laughs) What was different about him that made him take all those bland scenery paintings and just like inject them with something, you know, primal, but still keep it, you know, uh, behind the clouds or behind the waves. Like you don't see, but you feel it.
2: Mm -hmm. No.
0: I didn't understand what made him this person.
2: Yeah. Very well acted, though.
0: Very well acted. I wonder if it's maybe, maybe it's impossible to depict it in a story. I don't know.
2: What I noticed was that in all three films they are kinda at some level it's almost like, well, painting is kinda interesting, but you know what's really cool? Lenses. And (laughs) right? Because in Vermeer so this is this is filmmakers, right? So in Vermeer it's like there's the camera obscura, like, oh look, this is actually much better than the boring painting. And then in the Turner film, he goes to get the daguerreotype. Like, early photograph taken. Now, if you would be so kind as to make yourself comfortable... This is the contraption? Uh, Indeed, sir. That is what we call the camera.
1: The camera? Yes, sir. Not the camera Uh, uh, No, sir. The camera. The camera? Yes, sir. As in camera obscura?
2: Ah, precisely, sir. The camera... Now, if I may ask you to take a seat, please, here.
1: Name of manufacturer? Uh,
2: it comes to us from the United States, sir. What is concealed behind the small brass cap? An optic? Uh, yes, sir. A glass lens. As a telescope? Not unlike a telescope, sir. Thank you, Cornelius. It is prismatic? I fear not, sir. It is an achromatic lens.
1: Achromatic? Now, let me peruse you. Why are you shrouded in the manner of a condemned monk?
2: I am simply shutting out the light, Mr. Booth. Ah, splendid, sir.
1: The image you create is not
2: of colour. For why? I am afraid that is a question we have yet to answer, sir. It is a mystery. And then in Pollock, they have also that scene where he does the action painting with the camera underneath the glass. Yeah. So, yeah, the movie makers are also like, you know, these painters, that's interesting, but actually um, yeah, <laughs> filming is much better. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: actually, now that you uh, mentioned the, the photograph, I found it really, really interesting how the movie depicted that time, that period, and mm-hmm. how people knew nothing about the world mm-hmm. and how far
2: it is from like the basic things that we know about the world i also like I liked the banter also in the um uh, at the galleries when there's like the different painters and they're kind of like ribbing each other a little bit, but suddenly it was it was nice, yeah
0: another thing about about this film that might be interesting to look at the trajectory also is like he he also is looking for patrons right that's how you make your money you sell your paintings uh, you show your paintings you need you need rich patrons in both of these cases in order to to move up it's like there's a lot of politics behind it yeah yeah and it stays the same even uh, in the next film
2: Sure, yeah. Painters become gradually more the product. Like Vermeer, his patron, who was like a a rich trader in Delft, he's interested in the pretty pictures as trophies for his wall. And then especially like, oh, the cute cute girl who is in the Vermeer household. I want to kind of take that and put it on my wall. And then uh, as we go to Turner and then Pollock, it's more about, wow, this this painter, what a character, you know? And it's more about the person and and their expression and their uh, mental state.
0: And also to compare and contrast to your point, so the first patron is a rich trader. Mm -hmm. That's the Dutch painter, the Dutch patron. And the person that uh, Turner wants to be his patron, that's the king. Mm. <laughs> yeah. he wants the king so it shows you the differences uh, in, soci- in those two societies wow a rich trader versus the king it's yeah. just like it's like a very emblematic
2: yeah and a nice uh, ni- I guess nice segue to who is the patron of, uh, of Pollock and what you know <laughs> what was 20th century America like wasn't it right uh, that's
0: 150 yeah. years after Turner or even a little bit less yeah 120 years that's not that much later no. but the world is completely different yeah. the industrial revolution that Turner sees incoming with uh, literally with uh, the train yeah. now this is the 1940s the, the movie starts Yeah, 1930s
1: Jackson Pollock I'm Lee Krasner I thought I knew all the abstract artists in New York and I don't know Jackson Pollock what do you think of Picasso? My husband, the Kuning. He's all right. He's learning. <laughs> <laughs> What's she doing here?
2: You need to get cleaned
1: up. I have just climbed up and down five flights of stairs. I am Peggy Guggenheim. They're <laughs> sorry. My God, and you're drunk. To
2: no. they have like stuff to deal with in the world. I guess right. Like like for me, it doesn't seem like he gives. It, Shit about anything in society like oh this is good or this is bad no and then Turner he like he has a famous painting also of the slave ship and there's in the scene in the in the in the film there's also a scene where he talks to this old slaver captain and he's kind of like socially aware and in Pollock it's also the art movement of the times has to come to grips with like the, well, like you say, the Industrial Revolution, also the two world wars that had just happened, basically, and how to deal with the whole, the weight of of history and kind of the guilt of art, I guess, right? Like, mm. at least in Europe, around that time, what had happened? Well, there had been uh, the Nazis who uh, of course were great enemies of degenerate art um, and they were really trying to impose that art needed to be kind of romantic and sort of classical uh, my grandfather uh, was a, uh, a painter, my, my, my mom's dad was a painter who was going to be forced to join the Kulturkammer which was This institution that oversaw that everyone was making good folk art, right? So, sort of wholesome Nazi art. He didn't uh, because he wasn't going to do that. Uh, But that was just a very good reason. Yes. Very, very good. Yes. He wasn't going to join the Kulturkammer. Um, And then, right after the war, you had this sort of movement where art just had to totally start. From from the base most basic elements. It was also after the first world war, where you had the most the most basic abstract art at the first world war, and the second, around the time of Jackson Pollock, in Holland you had this movement called Cobra, which was actually Copenhagen, Brussels, Amsterdam, mm-hmm. uh primitive art which looks like the same kind of style that Pollock starts out with early on in the film, before he does the drip paintings.
0: So that style is?
2: That style is like very simple, kind of almost like native art-looking stuff. Uh, like yeah, it's like still broad, fi- uh, strokes, yeah, yeah, strokes, brush strokes. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. broad brush strokes. Like simple figures, very stylized, f- simple figures. Maybe stylized
0: by, but
2: weird, right? Yeah, like yeah, something st- is I mean, off. like stylized, like like a lot left out, very simple and f- flattened, and yes, maybe but not little- like pretty. Aboriginal kind of, but then with primary colors and like very rough. rough like we we right. got to start from the first principles and then we can build up the art again okay. because it's all been tainted, basically. Mm.
0: Interesting. Uh, so two main takeaways for me for this movie. So this is the second time that I watch it. Uh-huh. I watched it like 20 years ago. I kind of remembered... But this time when I watched it, I was kind of shocked by two things. First of all, apparently Jackson Pollock, Pollock was a murderer. This is what the movie shows us, that at the end, he deliberately committed suicide by a car crash, killed mm-hmm. his girlfriend, and almost killed her friend. This is mm-hmm. like the guy that did that with the plane a few years ago, right? Mm-hmm. He forced them to go in the car, that's what the movie says, bullied them they shouted while he was driving drunk stop 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 and then at the end he let go of the wheel in purpose in order to get everybody killed Mm -hmm. this is called uh, premeditated murder I don't know I'm not a lawyer and he was so horrible the entire movie just like from beginning to end just a horrible 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 person yeah I was kind of shocked that I didn't interpret it this way when I watched like I didn't value the life of the girlfriend yeah When I watched the movie, I only thought about him destroying himself. This is like the perfect self-destruction and meaningless because nothing means anything. No narratives in the paintings. Everything is drip, drip, drip. No narrative in my life. Just death, glorious death of the tortured uh, artist. First of all, I didn't understand why he was tortured to begin with. He was just an asshole from the very first scene. (laughs) That is just a murderer also. Wow. Kind of shocking. Yeah. So first of all, he's a murderer. But maybe you could say that his death, I would call it death by capitalism, if I would compare it <laughs> yeah. to the two previous painters. Because he now has to deal with something that they didn't have to deal with. Now you're on a magazine, all, like a cover of a magazine all over the world, and you're either a millionaire or you have no money to eat. So all this tension, and then he becomes like a, like a rock star, and then he flames out just a later age because that's when you break out in painting but it's basically like amy winehouse that's what i was thinking yeah drunk all kinds of problems
1: what you're doing is the most original and vigorous art in the country we're broke you just keep at it keeping at it don't tell me to keep at it you've done it pollock You've cracked it wide open.
2: Genius,
1: Jackson broke the ice. I don't think you realize how hard I worked to get people interested in me.
2: Yeah, it's kind of the the the, the beat generation, uh, rebel without a cause kind of thing. Uh, James Dean, you know, uh, just gonna crash my car because nothing means anything. And yeah. uh, and he's the yeah he's the tortured uh, celebrity artist uh, who can not basically deal with. Uh, with the fame and then kind of losing the fame again. and Yeah. yeah.
0: But he, he couldn't even deal with life at the beginning of the movie. Like he wasn't able to talk to anyone almost. He's so weird from the beginning and I just like, didn't understand this person. I understand, I understood the narcissism and I understood like the, you know, the process, but I didn't understand where it began. Yeah. Like what, why was he an alcoholic from the beginning? Why yeah, was he... Yeah, wasn't know, he what was going even, like, there? in
2: the war or something? Like, why is he... In,
0: no, he didn't fight it, in the war. I no. think the movie starts at the beginning. Uh, in the 40s, war. yeah.
2: yeah.
0: And Ed Harris started the movie, directed the movie, produced yeah. the movie.
2: Yeah. Great acting, ah. by the way. No, great acting. <laughs> Ed Harris great a great acting. actor. yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Right, he's one yeah. of like my, my my favorite actors. Sure, just I didn't understand what was going on for him personally. I understood the world, I understood the the like uh, whatever death by capitalism and I said, no. and the dynamics of the painting world at that time. But what made him be interesting in a way that no one was interesting before, like in a new style? Yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah, well, isn't he also kind of a co- like a constructed artist in a way? Because his girlfriend, uh, what's her name again? Um, I'll edit. Yeah. Um, Just say
0: yes and continue, I'll edit in editing.
1: I'm Lee Krasner.
2: Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> good job. Good call. Thanks. <laughs> Gil, you're so good at this. uh. <laughs> uh she is um, a famous artist in her own right. And apparently she kind of drove him in that direction of right. the drip painting and kind mm-hmm. of handed him the trick of becoming Jackson Pollock. Right. right. So the technique... She is, gave him uh, his
0: start also. She give him the push uh, at the beginning.
2: Exactly. And, and this is not in the film... But uh, Jackson Pollock is also kind of a construct of even the CIA. I don't know if you knew that. What? Yeah. Uh, So there was this movement where the Americans wanted to have American artists do non-figurative art to get away from the social realism of the Soviet Union, yada, yada, yada. We need these cool, hip jazz artists who do non-figurative stuff, and they will push that heavily in the media. And Jackson Pollock is one of the main ones who apparently were pushed in the post-world mm. environment by okay. American Secret Services. So I guess maybe he's struggling because of that, because he has no identity of his own. He's just a construct right. of the politics and of his right. partner.
0: So those are uh, are the patrons, his patrons that you alluded to? Sure. The I thought they were
2: going for Guggenheim, but also now you well, the CIA.
0: Sure, also. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. And, and Peggy Guggenheim, yeah so he's
0: basically his uh, his patrons this shows us how much has changed in many ways his patrons you know his marketing team this is the government yep. but the shadowy side of the government not not the king like <laughs> saying
2: i like this well uh, mass media i guess like there was no mass media before no that mass media. Uh, so that's a problem it's
0: very hard like for artists First of all, like as an artist, whatever kind of artist you are, the moment that you expose yourself, it's scary. And oh. it makes you anxious. Oh. And, and the more exposure that you get, and the bigger the, the stakes. The mm. bigger the stakes are, the more crazy people become. This is why... Mm. Uh, uh, you know, rock stars uh, killed themselves when they were super, super famous. Now, mm. you don't have famous rock stars. They don't kill themselves. No. And, and the same thing happens to him. Like, again, he, uh, he either has nothing or everything. Yeah. And when he has everything, that's, it's too much. It's too much. No person can be normal in yeah. that kind of situation. I
1: understand there was a ruckus over my partisan review article. Go find it, Lee. Jackson. Jewish cunt. Lee's the one who wants you here. Call him the way I see him. You want it any other way? You call him the way you see him? I'm traded in for Clifford Still. Jackson, that's not what Clem was saying. Clifford Still is one of the most original painters around. If not the best. If not the best. Did you read the article? I read the whole goddamn thing. Clem wasn't trading you for Still. And what was he doing? The article is about the direction of modern art, Jackson. It's not just about you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him. Well, if you I'm not talking to you. Shut up! Didn't review 52. The 54 show was forced and pumped. Is that right? I saw it, yes. Have I lost my stuff, Clem? Everybody loses their stuff, Jackson. He had a good ten-year run. Everything's gorgeous. Gorgeous isn't good enough.
2: Also, because like the technique that makes him famous, I, I, you know, this is a, this is really delicate and kind of a lame thing to say, but it's also kind of true that my kid could do that. right? <laughs> right. And kinda, he knows that yeah. too. He knows it's right. like a trick that's totally different from Vermeer, who had honed his craft right. like for decades, and nobody else paints like that. He's being defensive about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I have to, I control it. Yeah. So it's like a trick. But okay, but he did it. And the paintings, they just sure. work. You don't need to know anything about anything. You just like watch the painting. Something yeah. happens. All the different movements in all the different directions, it's gripping. It's engaging. Sure, yeah. I think they're cool paintings, yeah. But probably, to your point, he you probably I had like an imposter yeah. syndrome. Like, uh I just, I can, everybody can do it. I just took like, the first one that did it and now nobody else can do exactly the same because the, yeah. <laughs> I have the patent but am I really great and then he can't get anything great done afterwards, didn't do anything as great before. Yeah. That's very hard when you're like a, an exposed, continuously exposed artist. This is like so, yeah.
2: that drove him crazy. Yeah. This is really tricky about modern arts. You know, like it's it's a really lame thing to say, you know, oh my kid could do this. It's it's also true. But it doesn't really matter because it's more about the time in the movement in which it like it's first invented and like it, it's it's really like cool to see a Jackson Pollock, also because you know about the whole historical context and the the movement and the the scene in New York and the jazz and this and that, and like doing it again now. If I make a drip painting, nobody thinks, oh, this is amazing. They think, oh, it's no. a, yeah, you drip some paint. No. If you if you make a Vermeer now, that's at least craft. I mean, it's still derivative. But it's not like your kids can make it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, that, yeah, it's tricky. Uh, yeah, the world has changed. It becomes, everything becomes more self-conscious also. Like the artists and the scene, and they are really busy with, am I the next big thing?
0: Right what does that say about me? Now you have, it's already post Freud also. So like inner psychology. Okay. There was this line, like a throwaway line at the end when already he's like almost, uh, you know, down the drain. And he tells his uh, wife, he's already cheating on her and everything drunk. What did he say? He said, I think everybody should be able to do whatever the hell they want. Mm. He says that goes up the stairs. I'm like, Really? You think that everyone should be able to do whatever the hell they want? <laughs> I beg to disagree. This uh, is like extreme individualism of like the mid-20th uh, century. Yeah. Everybody should be able to do whatever the hell they want. No. 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 <laughs> no. This is not a good recipe. If everybody does whatever the hell they want, I don't know. I think usually bad things happen because people uh, who want bad things, they usually you know, work harder uh, <laughs> at that than people who want good things, to do the hell good things. Even uh, in the way that he phrases it, whatever the hell they want, there is violence in that. It's not like, it can't be a good thing. Why are you treating me so nicely? I think everybody should be able to act however the hell they want. <laughs> <laughs> it's always about something nasty that you do to someone yeah uh,
2: disgusting yeah and the selfish yeah it's i mean it's it's like you say it's the the mid-20th century it's the century of the self it's after freud it's uh, it's about the inner stuff that has to come out Yeah. yeah yeah and
0: he only thinks about himself in a way to your earlier point, because he, his self is his own subject. He always thinks about himself, never interested in any other person around there. Yeah. And I guess because this is the beginning, that was the zeitgeist, you know, everybody is, you know, no man is an island, just like that's the content that was poured into his, into his brain. But basically he's like self-obsessed in a way that is completely and utterly uncool <laughs> today. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on, get over yourself. You're always whining and drinking and why, what is going wrong? It's just like, it has to be something, you know, in the water, in the period that was just like so hard to deal with. I wonder, maybe it's two world wars, maybe. I don't know, Holocaust, maybe.
2: (laughs) It's really uh, infertile, I guess. At least that's what it seems like. Like, he wants a kid, he never has a kid. Like he asked for a kid, no, can't have a kid. Turner has a really weird relationship. Uh, and Vermeer has like has like 10, 10 kids or whatever. Like he's got loads. So it's like gradually also uh, the artists as they become more selfish are less good at Right. just reproducing having kids right. and having caring for others and and, right. just, and friends yeah and like just, they become
0: like, like they become lonelier and lonelier sure uh, uh, yeah. like uh, when you get closer to our time yeah like Pollock can't relate to anyone yeah. in any way yeah. you know he can have like butterflies whatever for a new girlfriend but yeah. he's not interested in her no he likes her probably because he does she work. likes him that's why she she, likes he likes him, her right yeah Right, and he yeah. doesn't have to look at her as a person. No, no. he kills her. He murders her yeah. at the end. Oh, that's wow. Yeah. That's this is how self obsessed he was, and this is how we were engulfed also in this thinking. That when I watched the movie the first time, I wasn't. I wasn't just like angry with him. Huh. What are, What are you doing? I was like, oh. Poor guy. Tortured soul. <laughs> As yeah. they are screaming, the two women. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I, like,
1: ah, ah, I feel his
2: pain. <laughs> step on it, Jackson. Here we go. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Do, do it. it. Do it.
0: <laughs> so interesting how different periods produce like completely different uh, humans.
2: Sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, this is why I don't like it when people condescend, condescend on you condescend on, over, against, under, <laughs> on the side? <laughs> how do Besides, you condescend? I want to condescend. You see how non-condescending I am? I don't even know what direction. I should or so or it's should should just, condescend. just
2: condescending. I condescend you.
0: Ah, direct. Okay. Uh, so I don't like it when people condescend. Me. I feel like there's a word missing here, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like more ancient people. 100 yeah. years ago, 200 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago. I think... It's really stupid to think that that they were stupid. Sure. Yeah. Because we are stupid. We realize it now looking, you know, ten years earlier and thinking, wow, we were stupid. Yeah. So just like and we're stupid now, we just don't know it yet. (laughs) We'll learn later. So this is just like a an eternal human condition.
2: Yeah.
0: Which is why you create art. You want to do something. You want to express
2: yourself, put
0: just like something, a tattoo
2: in the world, something. Boom. Well, that's what we say now. Like we're still in that kind of 20th century frame that the the purpose of art is to express yourself. For Vermeer, the purpose of art was, well, they're, heck, quote, they're just paintings, pictures for money. They mean nothing. Like he wasn't busy with being an artist, he was busy right. with producing stuff to sell.
0: And, right, and, and,
2: and, was also the and this is at the beginning sort sorry to interrupt, but this is at no, no. the beginning of there actually being artists with a name. Like in the Middle Ages there was also like great painters. Mm-hmm who didn't never put their, they were just painting for the church, uh, making triptychs or whatever, with no name on it, so you don't even know who they were, because right. they were never doing it for their own expression. Right. It was for some sort of social good. Right. So here, maybe the social good, in that specific
0: place and time, that's just like the, the Dutch were into, you know, business. Sure. So now art is business. Yeah, but Dutch style of business—you still have need a patron and all that—and yeah. then the business, you know, changes with Turner, and it changes again. and becomes the business that we know uh, today.
2: Yeah, there's a, there's an interesting kind of pivot also in around that time. I don't know. Did I ever take you to one of the big churches inside in Leiden? Yes. Yeah. So that was just the time after the iconoclasts when all the church art had been destroyed. Yeah. And the churches, because now Holland was Protestant, the churches were no longer the big patrons, because that's like mm. a Catholic thing, right? Yeah. And it, so, the, the, as an artist, you would sell to capitalists. Those were the patrons. There's no, there's no feudalism. There's no church. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Uh, I think that the the direction that we're going uh, we're going towards now i think we've had enough of celebrities mm mm-hmm. of celebrity whatever and i feel that now uh, art has to me to say something about the state of the world and not the state of the self mm-hmm. this is like right now now right now i'm not really interested in Listening to a song To a love song About a broken heart mm. Like a new song About a broken heart If it's an old song About a broken heart Yeah I love it Because mm. That was Reflected that time I think that Contemporary art To your point That it, Like we've gotten Too close To our To the center Of ourselves And we're like Okay we don't like it no. <laughs> Not everything Inside us Is good No Okay no. We have all kinds of urges That can hurt others Let's just Relax a little bit. Let's just relax. Look, let's look at, you know, uh, other things that are going on in the world and how can it be better? Yeah. I think that's the zeitgeist right now. I'm not. I don't know anything about you know art, the art scene right now, but like uh, the painting scene right now. But in general, like this is.
2: What well, do you think? Uh, I agree. Uh, I think the uh, the painting scene. In, in the West is just kind of just decorative, <laughs> not that interesting. I guess the, the most interesting art, uh, also paintings come out of China uh, and are political. Are There's something mm-hmm. there to show like this weird mixture Of like ostensibly communist dictatorship, but then with the capitalism, and there's something to talk about there. Yeah, and like the stuff about the self is not that interesting. Also, like there's there's more important things than the suffering of some alcoholic who's jerking himself off on his like drip paintings right It's there's, yeah, there's other stuff you know yeah dripping over the painting exactly
0: right I think that like this now the self is interesting only if that self uh, uh, you know life experience tells us something bigger yeah. than just that person like we're not so much right now interested in specific people be- for who they are like mm. what makes you tick yeah I think we're Kind of a little bit of over that. No. I I wanted to ask you, so there's another challenge that comes in in the time of Pollock in the movie, and that's critics, right? You said (laughs) mass media, now you have critics. Today, it's it's completely different, right? You don't have like three, four critics that can make or break your career in the New York Times or whatever it is. But that was, you know, he's waiting to read the criticism on his show, and that will make or break his career. Yeah, one person that will write a criticism on his show. Wow, yeah. that that was like a really a sign of the times, like the beginning of uh, mass media and all the like the power of the you know the regal critics, the amazing critics. Then themselves mm. are also celebrities,
2: the gatekeepers who uh, who decide who's the Beatles and who's the Monkeys. You know, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. That was brutal. There's no limit to the number of channels now, right? So there's, it's not as if somebody decides if I get to see this or that. Like there's, there's enough channels for everything to come to us and then it maybe has slightly less production values. So we also don't have like massive Hollywood films, but there's a lot and we, yeah, there's not really like a particular critic who decides what's good or not, huh? Eh?
0: Right. Yeah. Even even it's like it's a, a new
2: movie. Yeah.
0: You will have like uh, 50, 100 you know, important uh, people, whatever, important people, like people with knowledge that you trust uh, that will get a say in it. And mostly the people will get a say in it, right? You'll have the aggregators, like the review 6.4 rating, 5.7, 75 fresh. Now it belongs to everybody.
2: That's very, very different. Yeah, we can maybe stick the landing on the conversation because it's also the algorithms <laughs> that decide. Now, <laughs> the, the, the bots, the chat yes. GPTs and whatever yeah. else who recommend what to watch, right? Like usually, okay, I also listen to what my friends have to say, oh, you should check this out. But more often than not, it's like YouTube or Netflix that says, oh, you probably want to check this out. And, and that's the gatekeeper or yeah. the, whatever it is, yeah. like the robot tailored to it's harder to get uh, uh,
0: new things to be global now because there as you said there are so many channels so many things which I guess a reason we will have less uh, you know great artists celebrity artists known worldwide right now Mm -hmm. right doesn't seem like this is a direction also with all the (laughs) the ai algorithms that uh, create new paintings in all kinds of styles and got a lot of people uh, who do art uh, nervous yeah. like what is art now if you can do like some pretty cool shit like just by typing yeah i don't know i'm not a painter uh, but as we said earlier i'm not worried about uh, as a writer i'm not worried about chat gpt at all no. Maybe I'm going to be stupid, maybe I'm going to look stupid in the future, but I don't know, as of now.
2: like I wonder also with these new techniques, I think somebody like Vermeer would would be almost most comfortable with this. Because it's not about him, it's about making something cool. And yeah. so, I mean, he would also be most likely to just become a photographer because, oh, I just want to make a pretty picture. I use the yeah. technology available at the time and also yeah. like maybe write the the right prompts to make cool AI art or whatever, just very pragmatic and not yeah. so like, oh, it's about me and my expression as an artist. It's just making something yeah. aesthetic.
0: Okay, so you, you like to paint. Mm-hmm. I like to write. So I have a thought, just <clears throat> continuing our thread of thought now. I think that ChatGPT maybe might be less threatening to writers than the same kind of technology be a threat to painters because uh, ChatGPT Chat can't, I think, create a really, really good story that grips you. And stories are maybe more visceral, like a visceral thing because it's just like part of our conversation. Whatever you say is a story. I went to this place, I did that, it's a story.
2: Yeah.
0: I think we are better at identifying good stories than good paintings. Like every person, you yeah. sit with your friend, your friend starts to talk. You know if the story is interesting or not interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah.
0: Your child tells you a story, you're like you you know if you're interested or not interested.
2: We know that there are good ways to tell the story. I <laughs> always pretend that I'm interested in the stories <laughs> of my child, but I still always <laughs> very yeah, bad, not, so. yeah, yeah. Through trial and
0: error, now my daughter is getting better at telling yeah, her stories.
2: That's true. Me interested. That's actually that's true. That's also <laughs> a good that, skill. that's the hard part also I guess we touched on that a little bit. Like with the paintings, there's also the part where People feel like, oh, I don't understand if this is good or not. Yes. And with a story, you can tell, like, what the fuck is this about? Like, I can Yeah. Yeah. Like, if if it's just random words, nobody says, oh, that's also a pretty good story. (laughs) It's just an abstract story. No, that doesn't exist. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah.
0: Like you said earlier, your daughter can paint, uh, you know, something like Pollock. Yeah. But your daughter can't write, you know, Exodus, or yeah. Shakespeare, or yeah. a script—we're yeah. just so much better at stories than at painting. Everybody, yeah. every single one of us. You can look at a, at a painting, and, and and someone say you didn't understand anything about the painting. Everything that you said is just a completely wrong, one hundred percent. That doesn't happen with stories. Uh, yeah, that's true. So just because it's just like our, our regular way of, of communication. Yeah. And, and maybe, you know, we have enough great paintings in the past that you can just take enough great things that will make something not interesting pop and like fool you, quote unquote, and into mm. something.
2: No? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's tricky. Uh, yeah, like some of the AI art... Is obviously beautiful. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a little kitschy to my taste, but it's obviously very aesthetic. I, and I have not seen an AI-generated story where you think, "Oh, it's a great story." <laughs> no.
0: It would be harder. I think yeah. it would be harder. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So I'm less worried than uh, than visual artists. I think from the AI's yeah. uh, capabilities, because stories again, it's just like you. Put your, your words together. Even like if you cannot speak, you still can tell a story, right? With your hands and uh, miming and pointing. Everything is a story. Every single yeah. thought that we have is made of, you know, its DNA is a story. You put things together and you make sense of them together. Mm. So, yeah. so how, do you put, how do you make sense of, <laughs> of this episode together? Tell us the story of this episode
2: this episode was about a development of the last three four hundred years where we went through like deeper deeper diving into the psyche and the ego of artists and maybe we're we're finally are a little bored with that
0: hopefully yeah,
2: Because were
0: they interesting people, the three painters? Three movies about three painters, I didn't feel that they were interesting no. people.
2: No. I think maybe Turner was the most interesting one. Maybe Turner, yeah.
0: a little bit more interesting. But, you know, I wouldn't become his friend. No. What we didn't say that all... that I guess mostly the first two movies were very visually striking and just like got across the artist 's art in the way that they showed the art, so in the first one with Vermeer, it was just like leaned on that i, I don 't even want to say too much, everything leaned on the visuals, so it just didn 't work mm-hmm. with uh, mm-hmm. with Turner, there was something you know the colors the clothes and the how like everything was just like uh, like evocative, kind of like him. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe because uh, Pollock's art is just like shapes going in all directions, just like the movie about him, just starts somewhere, ends somewhere else. It's not clear what made him tick, what made him Mm. special, what made him interesting. He's just like suffering the whole time. I I don't know even to say if it's a downward trajectory because he also started out very low.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: So thank you, also. That was cool. Fun.
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, patrons, for supporting the show on Patreon.com/slash <laughs> A D O F as the film. Okay. And uh, we still need to figure out what are the next ones, but we'll figure them out right now after we end this conversation.
2: Yeah, let's get some good ideas going. Okay, so we'll see
0: you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye.